0: It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics, with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing, because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the crime room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right because I'm all set for It's all right because I'm, right, I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. Just a little bit. Not Just too a much. little bit. Not too much.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get a lot out of this, but you're
0: going to get a little bit. You're going to get 22 minutes and 35 seconds. You think? I don't know. That's just my two-minute drill. <laughs> you long two-minute drill joke guy. Uh, my my name's Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hey, Jeff, hi Scott. How are you? Wonderful. Father Andy Seiberg is joining us today. Happy We've, Father. He's <laughs> he's he, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> We've already got him okay. just worried, Season trying one. to figure out what he committed to. Seasonal allergies. Canadian. will We'll go with that. Fire, Canadian fire issues hurting your eyes dude
2: this this is wild
0: yeah my sister
2: sent me this thing it's like indianapolis had the second worst air quality in the world yesterday like dubai was number one we were number two so you know nailed it
1: i i don't know about it like i felt it i know like i was at home yesterday we were cleaning our basement out hauling things in and out of the house like it for sure was taking a toll on me
0: yeah oh you could smell it yeah we're recording this on Thursday, and yesterday I I uh, was flying back from from Dallas, and the the pilot talked about. It, and I didn't know because I was in in Texas, and but it was very apparent because I don't think he saw the runway when we landed because it felt like it felt like we bottomed out.
2: Always the favorite part of flying, yeah, the landing. Well, folks, if you look out the right side of your window, you'll see the runway we should have landed
0: on. <laughs> uh, all right, you ready to land this pit? plane and uh move on to wait let's crash taxi this over to well the, this is takeoff we're, we landed the banter and then we're going to taxi over to the two minute drill got it
1: and wait to push into the gate yes. for this homily yes the sure. that'll okay. be the, uh, the jet bridge yes the jet bridge yes uh all right 13th <laughs> sunday in ordinary time <laughs> whoo folks welcome to Welcome to us. Going great. Um, 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, the first reading comes from. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. I hang that up. Uh, first reading comes from Two Kings. And everybody, uh, if you're a regular listener, I want to update you and let you know it actually comes from Two Kings this time. Uh, this was the phantom reading that got us all tripped up with Father James, but that it is correct this yes. time. So
0: Second Kings.
1: Yeah. So what we got here is. All right, I I do this every single time. Yeah, what is it, Elisha, Alicia, Elisha, Elisha, Father? Which is it? Alicia. What? Elisha, Elisha. I didn't have either. So Elisha, he's on tour. Mm-hmm. He's out and about sharing prophecies and such with people. And there's this wonderful little lady, right? Uh, she's very incredibly hospitable. She's a, a woman of influence, if mm-hmm. you will. That's what it says. So she welcomes a new, him into her home. And he comes there enough and enjoys his time that they even set up a little room for him. Like, this is like the best little aunt on earth. It's just like, let's just set him up a little room so he has a nice, comfortable place. And finally, uh, he's so excited about this. He says to the um, his servant, like, what can we do for her? And he says, the servant says, well, she's always wanted a child. Her husband's getting a little older. They haven't been able to have a son. So he says, great. By this time next year, you'll have a baby. It's a nice little gift, a little hospitality for hospitality. Nice of yeah. Alicia to do that. Our sponsor of Psalm Forever, I will sing the goodness of the Lord. This is a banger. Wah, wah, um, wah, wah. Yes, absolutely. We did. We did learn this week that we've been playing uh, sound effects in our own headphones that apparently don't show up on the podcast. We were notified by one of our loyal listeners, um, but we've been really enjoying it. I want everyone else to know that. But you. <laughs> To all of our listeners, feel free to tell us when that sort of yeah. thing is happening. <laughs> like If it doesn't make sense, I know most of the podcast doesn't make sense, but if something really doesn't make sense, go ahead and let us know. Sound off in the comment section. Um, drop and, down. Yeah, drop down. Uh, hit that bell. Ring. Subscribe. Our second reading comes from Romans, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans chapter six. Uh, we get this reminder that we are baptized into death, that through through our baptism with Christ Jesus we're also baptized into death but because of what he's given us and because of what he provides we if we die with Christ we also rise with him so we must remember to think of ourselves as dead to sin but living for God and it's a nice little just reminder there our gospel then comes from Matthew chapter 10 37 to 42 Jesus said to his apostles whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple. Amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward.
0: All right. Thanks, Jeff.
1: I like that cadence. That was a good. Mm -hmm. I liked that cadence of that gospel. It's going to be a good one.
2: Uh, You mean like the way you read it or the way it was written?
1: The way it was written. I give myself no credit. I'll give you a little credit. That was good cadence. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's nice, Father. You want to take that credit away?
2: No, I do not. Solid, solid oh. output there. This is Any... this is solid content.
0: All all was good. No no corrections to the minutes. No no nothing. Okay uh, great. What are you preaching on this weekend? Where are you preaching?
2: Well, I'm in the parishes this weekend. So uh, St. Martin's and. Saint Francis and Claire and I was working on a homily earlier this week. Saints uh, Francis and Claire. Saints, yes, saints. Sts. And I was working on a homily Tuesday morning and then it, after a few hours it was just like, wait a minute. The deacons are preaching this weekend. So <laughs> no But you know, it's spending time trying to break open the scriptures is never a waste of time. So no. so we can talk about what I was going to preach about. But yeah, the gospel, the gospel. It I'm is.
1: Uh, yeah. So what uh, Independence Day themed homily were you going to give?
2: Well, I hadn't gotten that far. I don't know that I was going to preach about Independence Day. No. Also, like. You know, you like you just like threw a theme and an idea in my mind of like, you know, we love independence in this country, but the Lord's like, no, no, no. The Lord would be like, no, 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 no. You depend on me. And anyways, but that's not. You know, more like, I wasn't going to talk about it. Before. More like him dependence. Am I right? Ooh. Am I right? There's Everyone out there in podcast land, write that down. Yep. Tape it to your window, yeah. you know, mirror. Priests who are
1: actually preaching this weekend, uh, <laughs> Father Andy, you call Deacon Ron and say, take a oh. seat. I've got a real a real hit here.
2: I got a real humdinger for
0: you. <laughs> I really resonate with this hymn dependence thing because I can't find a pair of pants that fit me, and I'm dependent on...
2: You're, that's hem dependence. Oh. Him got it. My goodness, that was fantastic. That was so good.
0: I've always got to him those pants, it's
2: my favorite
1: hymn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what, to be mistaken. To... Uh, for I brought up Independence Day Father because uh, like patriotic themed masses are like something I find that a uh, abhorrent and drive me nuts but also like can't help but laugh at because otherwise i'll cry so this weekend might also be patriotic hymn dependence
2: <laughs> yeah well i mean there's probably uh they'll probably be a, an america the beautiful or something as a closing hymn yeah. around or about the the diocese i do appreciate this country she can be a little annoying sometimes but i, I wouldn't want to live nowhere else <laughs>
1: Where we haven't even gotten to the gospel, but I it my favorite experience of this, like that, just perfectly sums this up. Was I once was at a mass where the communion reflection song, like post communion, while the priest was purifying the vessels, was the national anthem. It was not being sung; it was just being played slowly. And that the person playing it timed out "Home of the Brave" for the closing of the tabernacle. <laughs>
2: no way
1: yes yes (laughs) and then i went into like a full shaking giggle that my wife was like pinching my arm like you have got to stop because like people were looking and i just couldn't i couldn't (sighs) take it anymore and yeah
2: how did the people not just starting started (laughs) yeah
1: we essentially got that at that mass it was yeah anyway him dependence
2: (laughs) well you know see there's there's a hierarchy there's an order to things and um you know america comes a little further down the line which honestly that can be our segue back to the gospel because jesus is like there's a pecking order here and if i'm not at the top well that ain't going to work for this guy
0: all right so what were you going to preach on let's let's get back to that
2: yeah uh let me see pull up the whole things yeah I, basically the idea was that yes there is um there is a pecking order and like our families are awesome but our families like everything else in this world like they've been compromised by the fall like the the enemy of humanity cowers in everything even within our families and like all of our families are made up of like compromised individuals who've been affected by the fall, all of these sorts of things. And so we just need to be careful about that because the family is really important. It's powerful. And those relationships are like probably some of those important bonds that we make in our life. So the family needs to be protected, but it can never come at the cost of the Lord coming second. And actually we do our families a disservice if the Lord is not first in our lives. so that was kind of where the, the setup was going. And then I was like, oh, the deacons are preaching. Yeah, close that laptop, go to Taco Bell or something, and you know. Like, celebrate Independence Day. And celebrate Independence
0: Day by eating Taco Bell. All right. So the in the three hours of preparation, so far we've got pecking order and yeah, got, that's. God is for, I love it. Um, yeah. what What? any
2: Like, yeah the the presentation is not super complex right (laughs) what uh it's hard
0: this is something that my my wife and i were talking about the other day is that you know we 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 know in our brain that there is a a foundation and a pecking order like you like you mentioned that god comes first uh in our in our life and vocation marriage comes second and then uh, comes our children, and then everything else. and that that is that is the the order that has been prescribed to us. But the thing that we fall trapped to often is our kids are exhausting, and at the end of the day, uh, we get them down for bed, and we're exhausted, and we just want to relax. What kind of practical advice? in like the chaos and busyness of family life to be able to put god and your marriage above in that order
2: uh first of all i would say like that's that's pretty natural that you would want to come to the end of the day we're like yep yeah, we're done we're done Like we're it's gonna it's, melt into this couch for an hour and then like it's me and my wife right now the kids are asleep like those are good things um and even like inviting the lord into that like a, like even like a short little prayer like lord like we've done our due diligence today. We've, we've done our good deeds. We're just going to sit here and relax and to like husbands and wives, like, like the Lord glories and like, he's not, that's a good thing mm-hmm. um, to be able to take that time. Like for you know me and my wife, for me and my husband, um, that's a good thing. Um, you know, as far as like how we sort of getting the Lord in the, in that proper place, because it's, I think, yeah, a lot of people, say, the Lord, I do want them up there, but how do some practical things, and that's like trying to, boy, this is a terrible way to say this, like squeezing the Lord in, no, you don't want to do that, but, you know, like when you're with your kids, like you're driving all these different places, like break up a rosary or something, and, you know, pray like five Hail Marys, you know, from one place to the next, and um, talking to your kids when you have them kind of like locked into their the car or something when they can't go anywhere like that's a good time to, mm-hmm. to talk to them but
3: um yeah it just
2: and even at the start of your day um, inviting the lord into your day becomes really important so it's like i've got these things to do lord please like i don't want to forget about you and i like just like just be, be present with us you know today yeah because we do get busy and we do start thinking about all these different things we're not thinking about jesus 24 7 so even yeah like kind of establishing at the beginning of the day like even as you're getting ready like you know getting dressed washing you know brushing your teeth all these things like just like talk i love talking to the lord in the morning because it's like i got these meetings today lord and some of them are going to be pretty hard or whatever just like be with me and like automatically you're like oh i Put the lord at the center of the situation mm. that's actually a very sort of calming thing especially when there's just kind of an intense day coming up or a full day even just a regular full day
0: yeah jeff you have any tips yeah. you've been married for six going on 18, 18 years 18, 18 years happily yeah all of them all of them.
1: <laughs> every one of them um i yeah and i'm not always great. at the, I, I will say this, like, I, I feel very good about the fact that like, when I think about it, when I read these readings, and, and I look at something like this, I'm like, absolutely, the Lord is the most primary thing. Mm-hmm. The number one thing it is the most, he is the most important. I love my wife. I love my children more than I ever knew I could love something on earth. But I absolutely love my Lord more. I think the practicality of it, of what you're talking about is like, okay, but do I do the same things to show that yeah. to God. But that's where, you know, I, I'm lucky to be a part of a great prayer group, group of guys that, uh, I meet with on a weekly <laughs> basis and pray with Scott happens to be one of them. Um, but it's interesting, like we, we just met last night and we're, and I think what we talked about kind of plays into this, this idea that like our existence as human, as humans who love God is in itself a, this incredible glorification to him. And I would like to think that like, The time I choose to, to focus on my wife, the time I choose in my marriage, the time I choose to focus on my kids, even in frustration, even in like, but the time that I, if I'm doing those things and I'm trying to do them well, I think it's important what father Andy's saying, like to acknowledge, like giving that acknowledgement at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day of like, this is why I'm doing this helps us in our own brains, make sure that we're acknowledging it, but like being a good dad. Does glorify God. It is that is important, and that shows him that we care deeply about him because we're trying to like this is the gift that he's given us, and we're trying to be good stewards of that gift. So, I don't know. Yes, and maybe I'm just tricking my brain into like not feeling as bad about like not spending as much time in direct prayer with him and things. But I would like to think that like if my actions, if if I recognize fatherhood as this incredible gift from God. Yeah. Which I very truly do. Then trying
0: to be a good dad is in itself, like one of the best things I can do to show. But you've you know, talked about a lot of times, like when you worked in high school ministry that, you know, you would see the the rate of do- divorce skyrocket after, you know, all the kids leave the house. And, yeah. like, and how does that
1: play into it? I would, I, I don't want to speculate that, like, I know how, why everybody got divorced, but yeah, I do, yeah. I think it's the, it's the lack of acknowledgement in that of like, why does this gift exist in my life, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I get to coach my kid in baseball and do all of these ridiculous things and travel, but I get to do that because God gave me this gift and gave me this incredible responsibility, not just gift, but like asked me to be a good steward of it. Right. And I would say that like, when we lose people who lose focus of that from the, as the like in the initial piece, that's where you saw, I I would sadly see Families that like their entire life and focus just became getting their kids to and from things and living and helping their kids succeed at stuff and forgetting that like helping somebody succeed at something is different than being a parent Mm -hmm. is different than like recognizing the responsibility like you've like you've said about like that the best way I can be a good dad to my kids is to be a good husband to my wife. And the best way I can be a good husband to my wife is to make sure that my faith and my relationship with Jesus is, is right at the forefront and that I recognize on a regular basis.
0: And it, I mean, we were joking about this earlier, but I think a lot of it does come down to dependence Mm -hmm. and like our, our children are dependent on us to, to care for them to make sure that they have a roof over their, their head and food in, in their plate and, uh, like husband and wives are, are, are dependent on one another. We depend on one another for that co-parent, like to be able to parent with, with the children to, to serve one another, to love one another, uh, and to get each other to heaven. But like, we're, we're God's dependents. like we're the child of God. And, and I'm, I'm going to guess that while I see a lot of my time and energy going into, to work and taking care of Kids, they probably don't see it the same the same way that I do. They're they're playing, they're running around, and at the same time, like God's spending a lot of time on me. So maybe it isn't necessarily that time and energy are the quantifiers of importance, but importance is where we put those priorities.
2: Well, and I think that's a good analogy to just a good image of, especially with like little little kids, like they're running around, they're they're just having fun, and they don't think about the fact that like mom and dad are going to take care of me they they're not like intellectually trying to sort that out and like well that only worked like 20 hours this week and mom's picking up an extra like they don't think like that they just know oh there's mom and dad and they take care of me and like we're good and there's a total dependence and there's just so much freedom that comes with that that needs to be translated into our relationship with our father it's just like why would i ever worry like he he has us he's got us taken care of Now, obviously, like life can get involved and and things get very tough. And that's when we become more and more just kind of grounded in what Jesus says is like, apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Like you just, you need to get over yourself because if you don't, like you're screwed. And this is like, that leads into like the very next part. Like whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Like. Yet, over like, like you're gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to pick up these crosses and follow after him. And that there comes a lot of denial with that. And sometimes, like our kids are crosses, our ministries crosses, our vocations are crosses, but it's like, Lord, I'm doing this for the greater glory of your name. And you know, yeah. and that's gotta be enough sometimes. one well, I it's think it's more than enough. Yeah, it
1: says there that we're not worthy, not that we're no longer dependent, right? Not that he won't continue to care for us. It's just saying, like, in the same analogy, right? Like, there are moments as as a father that I find myself thinking, like, how are these kids so ungrateful for what they have, right? How are they? how How do these kids not see it? But like, the best part is knowing that, like, God never feels that way. there's he's never sitting there saying like that jeff is such an ungrateful turd like he's like he (laughs) should he should well (laughs) and and he's right but that's my that's that's the the fall of me right that's my the fault in me that recognizes that and sees it rather than saying and i have to then set step back and remind myself that like yeah, but like if I'm doing these things and I raise them right and I raise them to love Jesus, I've had the I I remember times where I've been I've talked to my kids and I'm I'm very lucky that my kids have a wonderful devotion to the Eucharist and adoration and that's a an important part of their lives. But I remember when they were younger and still every once in a while, even with my 16 year old, I'll, I would say, you know, hey, you know, I love you, and they'd say, yeah, I love you too, and I say, but do you love Jesus more? And then and I'll never forget my. Scott, Scott's favorite of my children, Charlotte, (laughs) uh, was probably eight or nine. And she just looked at me like I had an arm growing out of my forehead and was like, yeah, like, (laughs) of course I love Jesus more than you. (laughs) Like, and I was like, and I, those are those moments that where I'm like, well, I can't, I could not do any better as a father if that's the case. Right. Like I want my children to love me, but the number one thing I want them to know is that That they should love Jesus more.
2: Well, and you know, we have this father, mother, son, daughter, but this really does extend to essentially all areas of of our lives. Like, the Lord is the Lord of our life, and like we're all going to labor under some kind of master in this life. That that is just a foregone conclusion, and you better make it the Lord because you know there's just nothing but a lot of heartbreak that comes after that, and and honestly, yeah, we compromise sometimes. We are inconsistent sometimes. It's not that we don't love the Lord and we don't want him to be the Lord of our life. But eh, sometimes we kind of fall in front of some golden idols because mm-hmm. this is just kind of a little easier right now. This <laughs> is a little less demanding right now. And so Jesus is like, pick up that cross. And sometimes the cross is giving the Lord 10 minutes in prayer. That could be like the heaviest cross yeah. you know, of your week where you're just, I don't want to pray right now. It's like, well, yeah, that's what, that's that's how, that's how we get led to holiness. And you think about that with your kids, like your kids seeing, you know, dad just kind of in like the corner of a, the living room or something, just like reading the Bible. Like that's a powerful, that's a powerful example for your kids. Dad, what are you doing? I'm getting to know the Lord better.
3: Mm.
2: You know, but it is like sometimes, yeah, even like folks, it happens out there, even to the saints. I gotta pray again. Ugh. this weekend I am gonna light fireworks
0: for Jesus at a reasonable hour. At a reasonable <laughs> <You> hour. <wanted. laughs> yeah. I used uh, to like fireworks. And then you had children. And I had children, <laughs> and kids that can't go to sleep. Um, you gonna any- dumb questions oh yes i do one or two
1: yep all right father andy you ready we're gonna do some embrace debate today embrace debate embrace debate today is the uh as scott said we're recording this on thursday happy solemnity of saints peter and paul yeah i'm gonna party all right embrace debate better follower of christ peter
2: or paul get out out of here let's go (laughs) <laughs> who you who would you choose? I think they were both excellent. You pick Peter or you pick Paul. I'm not going to pick either of them. Oh yeah. It's embrace debate. We're so come on. There There's is no one. debate. They, they, they did it they both did it at the end so well so that they were like, "You want to kill me? Kill me. All right, which are you more like? Peter or Paul? uh who do you who do you connect with more? probably peter yeah why <laughs> um because he's kind of a loudmouth. mouth oath <laughs> there's an intensity to paul that just can't be matched in the scriptures and yeah i i love peter i love making fun of peter but boy i just his falls are so like they, they're so teachable they're such teachable moments and it's just, <laughs> just like well i've done that before <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so you think paul peter was better got it um
2: St. Or, peter I
1: mean, pray for him i was gonna say knowing you you actually probably think paul is better which is why you chose yourself as peter
2: Saint <laughs> paul yeah he's awesome but like who would you want to invite over to dinner Ooh. peter or paul I want Peter. So yeah, Paul I would I probably be Paul. just a stick in the mud. You think so? Yeah, he, he's a little intense. <laughs> he, I, love I think Paul would make you feel bad about you know, <laughs> you know, just your whole life.
0: What, Peter, what, Peter would be like, been there. <laughs> <just> <laughs> what priest in the Archdiocese of Minneapolis would you most compare to Paul?
2: Ooh. To Paul? I don't know. That's this could become a whole segment of our podcast. I know. Well, what are the attributes of Paul? Like, he's intelligent. He's in the mud. He has this intense devotion
0: to Jesus. Uh, Makes you feel bad when he comes over for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you that you, you had more sins than you actually confessed. No, I'm being rough on Paul. Paul is pretty awesome. Uh, he's probably more
2: compassionate, I think.
1: So you didn't answer the question, though. Which who would you say?
2: You noticed that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's not the smoothest dodge in the world. Yeah, uh, I would love it if all of our priests were like Saint Paul. That'd there be you very, go. Yeah, be beautiful.
1: That would be. We'd have a pretty. That'd be a pretty dynamic uh, diocese.
2: Be pretty intense.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> like a fire at the circus. All right. Um... James or John, better brother. You're a brother. Your brother's a priest. You got lots of other siblings, but they're inconsequential. Um, James or John, which are you? Uh,
2: I'm, I'm probably a John man. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Can you, John, add I mean, John was my first, John was the first thing I said. So we'll, uh, I just, because of the gospel, you know, there's just, there's a lot to do with John, but yeah Uh, here's the best here's the best part about all this we don't really ultimately have to choose
1: that's true does so would you say you're the beloved son no (laughs) i mean we all we're uh,
2: beloved we're all beloved by our parents
1: yeah but ben (laughs) Moore, father ben
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um all right, this came up. I mean, I, your parents, you probably like, who's the beloved of your children? You'd be like, depends on what day you ask me.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, Yeah, or the reason that, yeah, the reasoning behind it. Uh, this I didn't intend to just keep writing these things down, but they came up. Uh, but the last one, this came up while you were talking about, uh, well, you were discussing the deacons preaching this week, and then Scott was talking, we were talking about this gospel and everything. So our... Primacy, like the responsibility for us, right, is to God, to our vocation of marriage, and then our children, our families. For a deacon, which vocation takes oh primary focus? Their vocation as a deacon uh, in holy orders, or their marriage? Well,
2: that's what a good I mean, question. I honestly haven't really ever thought about that. I mean, like you know I would,
3: but they have to be like told that, right? Like that's got to be a part of the training. Because, like, there has to,
1: you have to, not that you can't do both, but when faced with.
2: Yeah, I would, most deacons come into the diaconate program and they're older, so they're, the demands of their time on family life is not as significant. And other, like, they don't have small children at home anymore, you know. I I mean, most. Not not, that I would dissuade someone from being a deacon who had kids, but like. In that sense, I would say, like your primary focus is to your family and to your children. Um, and that demands and deserves a lot of your attention. so um, I, I would say like your family is would probably take precedent.
1: so your your vocation of of I'm saying vocationally though, like yeah, f- husband, husband father. Family, like responsibilities, I think that's one thing, but I'm wondering just like so husband over deacon.
2: Well, I would say probably yeah. Hopefully right. nobody's like listening to this and is like,
1: everyone stay tuned. I'm going to fact check this and come back next week. Why
2: well, you're All not right.
1: you're asking some or I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought that you might have some understanding of this, but
2: why would I? I, I don't care about deacons.
1: <laughs> but
2: if a deacon no. like
1: a seminary no.
2: like you, you, you have
1: transitional deacons around. Like you've been a no. Deacon. I don't. This is a college seminary. Oh. But if a if a so
2: No, a transitional priest, deacon like yeah, you're going to be a priest. Permanent deacon, you have a family. Who can and we voca- just call live right now to jump on this Zoom? <laughs> vocationally, yes, your family. Okay. Your vo- the vocation to your family comes first.
0: But if a deacon's wife passes away, then they can't get remarried, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So doesn't that make the diaconate No, married? he
2: can get married.
0: Huh?
1: i was under the understanding that a permanent deacon once ordained that they're he's a widow he
2: can't get married i never heard
1: that That sounds that they're that wherever they are in their in vocationally with marriage so like if they're ordained before they're married they can't get married if they are married and they lose their spouse they can't get remarried
0: it's my understanding
1: mine as well do you
2: have any books over there You know know, Uh, know know how the
0: sacraments of holy orders work?
2: I don't know. I only have to worry about the one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's enough problems. That seems a little... Where did you hear that? A deacon. Yeah, many deacons. (laughs) That if they're not married, then they can't... If they're a deacon and they're not married, they can't get married. Yes.
3: That that's part of what they agree to. Yeah, I don't know
0: about that. Well, all right. Well, but I'm not a canon lawyer. You know, everyone like, stay tuned next week. Let's have who's a on, who's on have, next week. Have a bonus episode.
1: Ooh. And then we, will, can... we should try to do a bonus episode this Are
0: week. Are you just going to call somebody right now? Put them on speakerphone. Should we
1: call our, our resident canon lawyer?
0: Yeah. Let's see if he's available. Is that in canon law, you think? Or is that like an archdiocese thing?
2: No, that would have to be universal.
1: Should I be nervous about how what he's going to say to me? <laughs>
0: We can edit it out.
1: Emily, just bleep out right whatever there. happens.
2: See, I don't, I don't like this because I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna end up looking like an idiot here. I don't but, think, I don't think so. You're not an idiot. But I mean, you know, whatever. I'm a fool for Christ. That's that's ultimately my vocation.
1: <laughs> Is our resident cam lawyer not even gonna answer?
0: no, another, probably. Well. Are... He doesn't even have a fun, uh,
3: like, voicemail. Who else do we think would know? A deacon. Are we going to, should we just
0: stop recording now? No. (laughs) I'm going to try Deacon Rick. Let's see what we can get. Deacon Rick. Wagner.
2: He's a guest of the pod. See, he, 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 we run down these questions, and all mayhem starts breaking loose.
3: But my my God nobody's answering.
2: It. It. It's ten ten. Oh, 10 on, Yeah. It. It's ten ten on a Thursday. We could oh, have just, done with,
1: Nobody's got mass right now or anything. We can just
0: Google it by now,
1: right? Oh, we probably can.
2: We. Ask the internet. The internet, you know, it never steers us wrong, right?
1: How about Father Peter? Do you think he would, who would you trust to know the answer to this, Father Andy?
3: I'll
2: bet Father Peter will answer at least if I call. If they are not married at the time they ordained, they cannot marry after and are expected to live a life of celibacy. Should a deacon's wife pass before he does, he is not permitted to remarry. This was from September 2013 from, I don't know who that is.
0: Good source. For a dispensation to, marry, to remarry to occur, a deacon must be certified by his bishop to be indispensable to the operation of a diocese and must be responsible for the care of either children or sick parents. Both elements need to be present in the United States. Those circumstances, okay, would rarely ever occur.
1: All right, we're, by next week, I'm going to prep our next guest to do some research.
2: And, Who is uh, the next
1: guest? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I think we had to do some rescheduling, so I'm
0: not really sure. See, you know... And if you're still listening to this podcast... At this talk, point, yeah. I, I, you.
2: you deserve a pat on the back Ooh. for that one. <laughs> Father Patrick? He'll know. Dominican. Father pa- Father Patrick? I'd. Oh, he probably would. He's pretty sharp. Yeah. All right. You know, you guys want to... You, know, you want to come back? You want to come back next too? week? See, these questions, you know, I, I'm concerned with other things, like... Blessing the Lord with my time, not, <laughs> not being concerned it's about work your time. That's not good. whether deacons can get remarried or whatever. I only have so much ram up here in this noodle, <laughs> it ain't a lot to begin with.
0: All right, all right, Father Andy, thank you so much. Shut down your <laughs> you- for, for sharing your noodle. Yeah, <laughs> all right, bye, Father. Bye. Later. It's all right cuz I'm all set for It's all right cuz I'm all set for It's all right cuz I'm all set for Sunday